0: Baptism is representing, I am a Christian. I intend to walk according to the way of Christ, right? I mean, yeah. that I, I yeah. have been saved. So you, you answered that a whole lot clearly than I did. More clearly than I did. <laughs> okay. <Yeah>. And, well, <laughs> that's fine. Hey, no problem. Congratulations. Slow <laughs> are
1: You're my hero now. All right, welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians. who think about stuff? I'm Thomas here as always with my good friend Daniel.
0: Welcome back, yes, good to see you again, Daniel. Yes, likewise, thank you we were We were just talking a little before the episode started about skydiving, and <laughs> you've been skydiving once, yes, once, okay. And I never have, but I I have to say that actually is something that I think I would enjoy doing. You're um, kidding? Yeah, no, really. really, it's something that I felt. Yeah, I'd like to do that. But but to me, there's a very obvious difference between skydiving and bungee jumping. I do not yes. want a bungee jump.
1: Yeah, that doesn't seem as appealing to me.
0: And um, I, and and it's to me, it's like kind of sort of similar, isn't it? On the way down. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, I, I think I've never been bungee jumping, but I think there's of course a similar concept involved. Um, that is just a hunch. Falling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bungee jumping seems like it's, it, it's too intimate with the ground. It's just, it's there. You can see and hear yeah. people down there and it's just, I don't know, something about when you jump out of an airplane, it seems so far away. Yeah. And, uh. I don't know. It just seems different. It doesn't seem as scary in a way. Huh. I'm surprised, well, though, that you would take interest in that. We've talked before on the podcast, and you've uh, called yourself somewhat risk-averse you, you've, right. you've, about things that threaten the preservation of your life. You're the guy that's that goes, why?
0: why? Why? Why would I do that? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I'd rather grow old, happy. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, that's true. And so, uh, but for some reason, I don't... Not that it wouldn't be a little scary, but um, yeah, there's something about it that that does seem neat. Yeah,
1: I, mm. I I think it would. It's one of those things that would be good to do twice, because mm-hmm. the first time you do it, it's almost sensory overload. There's <laughs> yeah. there's so much going on, and you're trying to take it all in, and and in that sense, you're almost not really paying attention to any one thing that well.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. Whereas I think doing it a second time, you kind of know what to pay attention to, and I think you could really enjoy it more on a second go.
0: Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I understand.
1: Good. It's not in my plans though to do again. And, and um, then, oh, really? In, At all? I, well, I mean, I'd like to, but you know, it okay. is it is an expensive it's, thing. It's a cashy, yeah. Yeah. So it's not really in the plans to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, welcome again back to the conversation—not <laughs> that yeah. conversation, but our continued. Con- I did, that was on my <laughs> mind right as we started, and I thought I got to bring that up. Okay. Um, but we want to thank our patrons over at patron. dot com, or excuse me, patreon. dot com slash reason together, uh, mm-hmm. for supporting this uh, podcast and. In this episode. Yes. And we thank you for your continued support. And if you're just uh, with us for the first time, uh, we are two fairly ordinary guys uh, who have a fantastic friendship and enjoy just real discussion, actually discussing things and reasoning through them together. And we like feedback. So uh, if you think of something we haven't thought of, you see an angle that we're not seeing, you disagree with us, you agree with us, whatever it may be, feel free to give us uh, some feedback. At reason together podcast at gmail.com.
1: Yes, that would be great. Um, speaking of feedback, uh, we do have some yes. feedback on that last episode. Let me uh, let me pull it up here. Okay. On a different device. Pardon, pardon my getting things together here. Um, <clears throat> it was feedback on the subject of uh, holding up the hands in church.
0: Y- yes. Yes.
1: Um. And I'm afraid that maybe we were misunderstood in some way. Um, Okay. So this is from Anon J. uh, is the name there, which is to say anonymous. And the subject is thoughts on hand raising. Uh, They say, hello, I enjoyed your discussion on raising hands in church. I grew up in a very conservative Baptist church where no one ever did the hold and sway, (laughs) which is kind of a... (laughs) A funny name we gave to this thing. Go go listen to the last episode to get the context. Uh, No one ever did the hold and sway except for random visitors who were obviously coming from a different background. I've definitely seen plenty of the amen chop, especially among pastors at preachers' conferences where there's a lot of excitement and camaraderie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The most my family would ever do is nod their heads. Likewise, likewise. Um, I have never personally raised my hands, hand or hands in church, and at this point I would feel very strange and self-conscious doing so. However, I'm not sure what I think about your opinion that it should not be done, because it may be a distraction to others who are not accustomed to it. Um, was that the conclusion that we came to?
0: Uh, Not that it was a hard and firm not, but, I mean, that's generally where I was leaning. is just saying that, I mean, you at least have to consider that I think it would be a distraction, but not saying that if you did it, you're wrong and wicked either, you know. Right, because
1: it seems I remember from the episode that we didn't really come down as a hard no on that. But we couldn't find anything wrong with it necessarily, other than maybe some practical things like, you know, like you say, being a distraction or... Perhaps even once you start that precedent, could that ever get out of hand and turn into mm-hmm. a, a big deal, um, I suppose. But yeah, I I think maybe we were misunderstood partly uh, as saying it was a hard no, but I don't think mm-hmm. we ever said that.
0: Um, I, if, if we did, that's more not as much what we meant. I mean, not yeah. that hard. Yeah, I, I'd have to, to say, go back and... We wouldn't do it, but again, it's some some things to consider, but... Yes. It's not a hard no, like, oh, oh, you can't do that.
1: Yeah. And similarly to our uh, our, our questioner here, Anon, uh, I would feel very mm-hmm. self conscious doing something like that, too.
0: Um, right. Because it is somewhat of a learned behavior. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and we've kind of, we may have even referenced it in the last episode that it is like the amen chop seems to be a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, more of a Southern thing, wouldn't you say? Um, uh,
1: I wouldn't say exclusively. It, really? It, okay. It exists okay. in the north, and it's alive and well up here in New <laughs> okay. England. P- perhaps not right. to the same extent. Maybe it's not a Midwestern thing. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. Um, so. so
1: Anon goes on here in the email and says, mm-hmm. In the New Testament we see many instances of worship and service being carried out in ways that might have been a, quote, distraction, or were out of the norm. Jesus turned over the money changers' tables... Peter and James healed a man who then went leaping around the temple praising God. Mary poured her precious ointment on Jesus' feet, etc. I realize that things need to be done decently and in order, but I think a lot of times we are hesitant to express emotion or love for God out of fear of stepping out of what is traditionally acceptable or what others will think.
0: Um, Well, that may be true. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily. Dis, uh, uh, I don't disagree necessarily with what he says. Now, the examples which, there.
1: Which part? Because he says here, uh, are you agreeing with the part where he says I think a lot of times we're hesitant to express emotion or love for God yeah. out of fear I mean, of stepping out?
0: I would agree with that, and even the yeah. thought that sometimes we may be a distraction. But you know, pouring the oil on his feet, or or, or the ointment on his feet, uh, yeah. out of the norm yes sure. okay distraction sure but was it heartfelt sure yeah. um but what do now, you it notice wasn't...
1: about those examples that he
0: gives? well there weren't they're not worship services so Correct. like when he flips over the table that's not a worship service no um when whatever the other example was um uh, he gives oh, peter example. heals some peter heals somebody and somebody goes running around jumping well number one it's not a worship service first and number two it wasn't peter doing it it was the man doing it and you know, if he'd just been healed, I can totally understand. You know, I mean, it's not, yeah, yeah sure. it's not quite apples to apples there, but, um, but yeah. the, the closest one is the ointment on the feet. and Yeah. I
1: see. Um, to finish his email, he says, Additionally, there are plenty of verses in the Bible telling us to raise our hands in worship to God, several of which you read on the podcast, and it seems strange to me that some Christians are so against something that God mentioned more than once and that he was in favor of. Uh, these are just some things I was thinking about as I was listening the other day. Thanks for your great podcast. And that is from well. Anand J.
0: Anan J, thank you uh for the <laughs> feedback and for uh you know sharing your thoughts there. Yeah. Um again to go back with to the scriptural raising of hands thing, would you say that's a cultural thing?
1: I do think it is cultural and 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 also I want to be clear uh, to my knowledge, none of the references that we read or others that deal with the holding up of hands in church are prescriptive.
0: Good. They're just descriptive. Descriptive.
1: Yes. So it's not yes. telling us we can't do that, but it's also not telling us that we have to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. And so, so again, to say that is—is is it the literal, you know, chop or the you know or the holding up of the hand? Is it wrong? No, but in a different culture, can it be distracting? Yes, it mm-hmm. doesn't make it wrong. Right. Um, but for the same reason that, you know, y- if you went country to country, you might carry different habits or uh, facets of worship with you. That would be like, ah, that's, you know, we don't do that here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I and mean, you're, fr- you're free to do it, but you're going to stick out. Um, so, hmm. anyway. That was good yeah. feedback.
1: I appreciated that. Yeah,
0: yeah thank you. Uh,
1: so, while we're kind of on that subject of things that happen in a church service. There's a question that we've tried to get to for the last two episodes, I think. <laughs> and, mm, um, last episode. Last episode.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, do you want to just jump right into this one?
0: We can, and I'm just going to kind of give a, give a caveat that um, this, this one, as I read this and I look over, I'm going, whoa, buddy, this is really um, really diving down to a core question Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say, you know, that this is going to take some thought and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll think out loud here some and we'll throw out some thoughts. Yeah. But um, I may not come down as hard and fast as I wish I could um, Ooh. because... Teaser. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because, there you go, because uh, I just think there's things to think through. But yeah, let's jump into it. Go okay, ahead.
1: yeah, let's, uh, I'll bet we could finish out the episode with this one by itself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is from one of our patrons. This is from Jake. And, uh, and this says, I was listening to a podcast where Thomas mentioned going to a service where the pastor was preaching from another campus on a screen. You all discussed uh, church attendance versus watching on a screen. My question is this, what qualifies as a church service? If we as a church gather for an Easter sunrise service, is that church? I would say so. Sometimes we go to a Christian camp with services at least twice a day. What about a men and boys camp out Monday through Friday where we have a devotion each night? Uh, Did we miss midweek service? If not, then what if two to three families go camping for a weekend and someone gives a devotion on Sunday morning? Did they have church? Thoughts? I look forward to your discussion. All right, let's jump right in. You first. Okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah yeah I see how that goes. I have some okay. Thoughts too, but I'm yeah you know,
1: I'm really anxious to hear yours now. So
0: okay. Well, we'll bounce it uh, back and forth here. But first, uh, you know, I think about the way our definition of church uh, oftentimes is even even I think when we're trying to keep it where it should be, it can get kind of blurred. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, even in the question, you know, he he says um what qualifies as a church service but then he says further down he says um da, 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 if not let's see did they have church mm. we say did they did they have church I see. well we don't have church it's not an action we are the church you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying that so what is the church the church and, that, and that's what really this is this is driving down to what is the church well it has to be a group of people Uni- I, it, my personal take on it is universal by salvation and identification, meaning all, all saved people are the church, but they're local by association and membership. In other words, we have local you know, congregations that yeah. are microcosms of the broader body. But it's not an activity. Yeah. It's, it's a group of people.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I'm not sure that's the thrust of his question, though. Um, you know, universal. One, well, there's there's a lot more to that. There's, there's a lot more because I'm afraid if we go into that subject, that maybe we're overshooting.
0: Well, and I think so too. But I'm just, I, I was just kind of going down to the definition of church. As far as are we, can we have church, or, or so? I think it's more properly stated: is it a church service? Yeah. Well, you have to, you have to d- define what is the church, and the church has to be that. Local assembly of believers that has mm-hmm. grouped together um, you know some would say covenanted together, mm-hmm. uh, you know around a set of doctrine, and yeah. primarily what are they getting together for for well worship, a lot of times service, worship yeah, we might say fellowship, you know, fellowship. working together, things like that, um, so when he says a sunrise service, I have no disagreement with that at all. I mean yeah. that all that is doing is changing the time of the service. But then you go to what about when we go to a camp? Okay. Um, well, is it a church camp in the sense that we have invited our, the entirety of our church to a different site? Is that still church service? Sure, it is because it's your church. But now, if it's five churches um, all meeting together with a keynote speaker who is not the pastor, is that a church service? No, not really. I don't see no. one. No. Um, now, is it? No, he said, do we miss our midweek service? Well, yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, the question true. is whether that's wrong, but it's not, do you miss the midweek service? Because, yeah, you did. You weren't with your local church. Yeah. Um, so, so let's see go if ahead. we can
1: boil it down and systematize it a little bit. So we're talking basically, as the definition of the word means to assemble, right? So we're talking mm-hmm. about a, a group of assembled people to have church those people need to be regenerate people they need to be saved people correct correct
0: yes right yes
1: and and assembling together they would constitute a church um is there i mean he's talking here about an example of people who go away for a weekend two to three families go camping for a weekend and someone gives a devotion sunday morning let's say they're from the same local church
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and they're gone over a weekend now let's right. let's not address the elephant in the room <laughs> as to why they're doing that,
0: <laughs> and, and and why they're gone from their because local church they can to go commune camping? with God better in nature, <laughs> and with their friends uh, on a pontoon I boat. I see what you did. Sarcasm.
1: See? I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, so, so let's say they're from the same local church, and and they're right. they're they're not at their local church on the Lord's Day, which is another thing mm-hmm. we get to, but. Um, are they then, uh, as as Jake asks, having church?
0: And I would say no. No, they're not. Okay. Um, Why? Because, and, and if, if, they, if people wanted to really split hairs and say, you know, oh, but are they worshiping? Sure. Sure, they could be worshiping. But if we're looking at the ideal picture of, okay, what is the church? It is corporately, you know, those who can make it together are worshiping together, ideally... Uh, with the shepherd. Well, there's I no see. shepherd there present. Um, and now, does that mean that every church member makes it out to every service, and if they don't, it's not a church service? No, that's not what that means. Does it mean that a, a a congregation that that is in a transition and does not have a pastor is not a church? No, it doesn't mean that. But the ideal picture is, obviously, a shepherd shepherding a local flock of people, you know, who are gathering mm-hmm. together it doesn't matter where where they're gathering or what time the gathering is but the fact is that it's a corporate gathering under the shepherd right um and so to me to go on a camp out and say oh but the lord is with us and we can pray well sure yes okay yeah that's true but is it a church service can can you say in my mind i don't have to be at church because i can have church out here well how can you you know how can you separate yourself from the body and have church uh-huh. when the whole concept is is meeting together yeah well, I mean, you
1: know? so like considering like Titus 1, five, where Paul leaves uh, him in Crete to set things in order that are wanting and to ordain elders in every city. And, mm-hmm. and Paul appoints him to do that. So the necessity of elders, and then we could also go back to 1 Timothy 3 with with the elders call and qualifications there. So you're saying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there needs to be an ordained elder in order for that to constitute as a church service. Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, I mean, I'm saying that's the ideal. Meaning, it, it are you sometimes can you have a church service without the pastor?
1: Yes. Yeah, like when someone's between pastors at their church, right? Correct.
0: Right. Yeah, <clears throat> but or your your pastor's gone for the weekend. But but yeah, I'm saying that's the ideal picture. Is that there has to be a, a shepherd
1: present? Yeah. yeah, I I agree. Uh, I want to throw in a couple other things to see what you think about it as well. Um, what about the Ability to observe communion. Um, would a group that goes camping over a weekend, apart from their local church, are are they authorized? Are they ordained? We might say, are they appointed to be able to hold communion together?
0: What if it's the pastor is one of the couples?
1: I was going to get to that next.
0: <laughs> you stole my thunder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 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 oh, goodness. Okay. Um, so, are they going? Can they have the Lord's Supper? Um, n- no. Again, I mean, I, to me, that wouldn't be appropriate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, and I think that's a, a whole mm-hmm. lengthy discussion in and of itself.
0: That is. That's another discussion. Yeah. Can you go to the nursing home and have Lord's Supper? Can you have Lord's Supper with Kool-Aid? Can you—I mean, there's there's a lot of questions that relate to the, yeah. the Lord's Supper, yeah. uh, or especially in a missions context right. or, or including but, that.
1: A, again, I think kind of bringing it back to the subject at hand, when when believers are assembled together, I don't think just meeting together in the same place makes them a, a church. I think you said the word earlier, covenanting together. mm so you're talking yeah. about the, the principle of church membership,
0: mm-hmm. that these people right. have
1: agreed right. together around the set of doctrines that that church agrees on, and even they've agreed together to hold each other biblically accountable and to provoke one another to love and to good works uh, and, to, and to teach and admonish one another and and, and with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, they, they've agreed together as, as a group um, so, in a sense, to be gone on the one day where that entire group meets together uh, to go camping and, and have a devotional there, they are, in a sense, splitting up a covenanted assembly for that period of time. Are they not?
0: Um, yes. I mean, you're saying if they could be there, but they choose not to be, they're splitting it up. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Because there are times when somebody... Really can't. We, yeah, we would say the ox is in the ditch, or, okay, they're traveling. You know, I can feel like at, at times I'm traveling, and I'm not neglecting the assembly. Yes. I just, can't, I mean, yeah, could I could I stop midway in my trip and find a church? And, you know, if somebody wants to do that, that's fine. Yeah. Do I feel totally obligated to do all that? No. Yeah. Um, yeah or like shut-ins, or when somebody's well, sick... Right? Or even sure, someone gets called sure.
1: into work or they're behind on their work and, and their things have to get done. I think there is a, you know, reasonable cause sometimes.
0: Right, uh, sure. And I guess you could you could use the terminology splitting up, you know, a covenanted assembly. But whatever you call it, it's it, to me the Lord knows the heart mm-hmm. and the Lord knows the ability and the, the the priorities and the motives and all that. And that's what you know, that's yes. what one needs to keep in mind, obviously, is the Lord knows those things. Yes. Um, so that that is a neat question, though. I mean, that, I'm really glad somebody asked that yeah. because, man, you get down to all those, well, what about, well, what about, what about, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I want to go over some scriptures, I think, that
0: please, yes, that'd really be great. constitute what a
1: church service should include. And then okay. maybe once our listeners hear all the things that should be included in a church service maybe then they can decide whether or not that can adequately be done apart from uh, a regular local assembly um, okay <clears throat> so i, I want to begin with acts 242 okay just to give okay. you an yes. idea mm-hmm. of what was going on in the early church now i i fully i'm fully aware that this was at kind of a uh, transitional period here in a sense where yeah. the church was uh, a new it was
0: just in its early formation yes but by transitional
1: yes. I mean that not all of the things about organized church that we think of today were in place uh, for instance this was apostolic in nature they didn't really ordain elders or pastors at this point yet um, they didn't even have deacons at this point yet Um, Not in
0: Acts two, right? Yeah, (laughs)
1: right. So it says in Acts two forty two, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. So a couple things. Go ahead. A couple things I see there: doctrine. So there was teaching, fellowship, which, contrary to what a lot of people think, is is not partying together in in a sanctified way. It's it's working (laughs) together. It means to be yoked together uh, in a like-minded way. And then breaking of bread. Uh, some some view that as communion or the Lord's mm-hmm. Supper. Um, I don't know that it necessarily has to be, um, <clears throat> but
0: uh, I can see that. Yeah, I'd have to do more looking into that. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, either way.
1: and then in prayers. Uh, so So those are things that were part of the early New Testament church.
0: And I'm glad you mentioned that passage because that had run through my mind earlier as we're talking, but... Uh, for those who wouldn't have thought of that verse or whatever to say, oh, okay, okay, maybe that's why they're saying what they're saying, that yeah. we're, you know, covenanted together around a doctrine, and we're, you know, yeah. that they obviously, that's the first thing mentioned in that verse. Right. Here's the next thing. Acts chapter
1: 20 and verse 7.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. A couple things I see there is that they were meeting on the first day of the week in particular in this case. Mm -hmm. So they had a designated day by this point. Now, I realize earlier on they were meeting essentially every day. (laughs) Um, But what we'll find out also, at least what Paul wrote to the Corinthians, was that it was also the first day of the week that they were to lay aside in store the offerings that they were going to give.
0: Which indicates, again, that they're meeting together on that first day of the week. On the first day of the
1: week. Good. Um, so I see by this point they had a designated day. Good. Okay. So we've seen Acts 2.42, the things they did. Now we see mm-hmm. the day that they're doing it. Uh, and then that leads to the next thing, which is giving, right? They were giving, 1 Corinthians 16 and verse 2. Um, and the other uh, reference I have down for this is 2 Corinthians nine seven. So there was giving being done
0: on the first yep. day of the week. N- n- now in... Uh... I want to look up that passage because the one passage you just mentioned uh, was that in reference to a specific offering for the saints at Jerusalem, or am I thinking that maybe that's chapter eight? I'm thinking
1: um, I'm thinking you're thinking of chapter eight, but okay,
0: uh, okay, uh, I could be wrong on that.
1: Um, but it says First Corinthians sixteen two: Upon the first day of the week, let every one of mm-hmm. you lay by him in store, as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I
0: come. Good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll keep going.
1: Okay, so giving we'll, we'll kind of buzz through giving real quick. Second um, Corinthians nine seven was the other reference. The other thing I see for that is um, scripture reading was done in church. Uh, Colossians four sixteen um, <clears throat> says, "Let uh, no that's not the one I was looking for." There we go. Uh, Yeah, it was Colossians 4.16. And when this epistle is read among you, cause that it be read also in the churches of the Laodiceans, and that you likewise read the epistle from Laodicea. Now, I realize at this point, um, he's circulating this early letter. It's being read in all the churches. Um, But by the time you get to Paul's epistle to Timothy, uh, 1 Timothy 4.13, Paul Mm -hmm, tells mm -hmm. Timothy, till I come give attendance to reading. (laughs) And to exhortation to doctrine. Uh, So there was even an admonition to the young pastor here to read scriptures, then exhort with it using doctrine.
0: Um, So, I mean, there was obviously some body of uh, of scripture, maybe even in addition to the Old Testament scripture from which they should be reading, exhorting, and teaching.
1: Right, right, and okay. and, and and you kind of see the church service from the time you're in Acts chapter two, as you progress further and then into the epistles, you see what we call today a church service starting to gel together into certain uh, activities, namely mm-hmm. scripture mm-hmm. reading, teaching, preaching, uh, exhortation, giving, good, all of those things. And you know, I'm I'm also wondering here, you know, a group that goes off camping. Uh, away from their local assembly, though they can do some of those things together, can they do all of those things adequately uh, as they would in right. with their local assembly? I, I don't know that they
0: could necessarily. Do you, right. do you agree? I mean, yeah, I agree. Can you do some form of them? Yes. And again, you know, if you're... um uh, man, you're away on a business trip and, you know, and you're in... The middle of Japan or whatever, and there's not a church, you know, an English-speaking right. church. And you and a Christian, you know, uh, coworker want to get together and read the Bible together and pray. Great, go for it. Uh-huh. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, is the Lord judging you for that? I don't think so. But when I'm when I'm 15 minutes from church and I decided to go 20 minutes away to the to the lake, <laughs> you know what I mean, and <laughs> yeah. and skip church because that's my day off or whatever. Uh, yeah yeah, I think there's a problem with that
1: and uh and the other thing I was going to mention also is in Ephesians five, the mm-hmm. use of psalms and hymns and spiritual songs mm-hmm. uh, ephesians five nineteen and twenty, um, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, uh, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. <laughs> Um, so even there 's another one another element there there to mm. submit one to another, and so that they 're supposed to be together uh here um, <clears throat> <yeah.
0: laughs> now now one clarification i 'm just going to throw out there um because uh, uh i didn 't really bring it to bear earlier is that I personally would regard a church as a church even when they 're not assembled yes from a from a technical standpoint, but yes. Just just saying that, going back to the fact that, practically speaking, as part of a local congregation, how can you really be engaged with the church if you're not there? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know yeah.
1: I mean? And that goes back to what we started with, was the difference between assembling together only and covenanting together, and mm. also assembling together. Because I think a local church does both. They covenant together, and then they afterwards assemble together. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, the covenant together is more like a, a one Time thing essentially when you join in membership, you're covenanting together mm-hmm. with that church, or maybe when a church first constitutes, uh, but then they continue to assemble together.
0: Can I ask uh, kind of a, a branch question okay. that comes to mind? Yeah. What's the difference in your mind then between the identification that is shown in baptism versus the identification that is shown in membership?
1: Hold on, say that again.
0: That what? What's the difference between the identification of baptism and the identification of church membership?
1: Oh, boy. <laughs> That's a huge question. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> oh, and I'm man. not looking for... So, yeah, uh, go th- ahead.
1: This, that has the potential to be a, a big gotcha question.
0: Oh, really? Uh, so like, well, I think you can so. Hear the, you can hear the top of the can going... Yes, Ock. because... <laughs>
1: Uh, it goes back to I think what some people see, in, what is it, First Corinthians twelve, um, the baptism okay, first, of yeah mm-hmm. the Spirit. Is that where that's mentioned?
0: Um, yep. Is it twenty three or thirteen or yeah, for thirteen, uh, chapter First Corinthians, First Corinthians 12 verse, 13. twelve, verse thirteen.
1: Okay, yeah, because I know that some people uh, view that chapter as speaking to water baptism, which mm-hmm. uh, they're identifying with Christ. And with a local body, essentially at the same time. If I'm understanding okay. there, I don't want to, I don't want to build a straw man here. But it seems that that some right. take that passage as to say, if I if I'm getting it right, that when you are saved, you then get baptized. You are identifying with Christ and with that local assembly at the same time. Okay, um, which always makes me wonder what exactly the Ethiopian eunuch was identifying with personally. (laughs) Um, I mean, he was obviously identifying with Christ and and he seemed to understand that, but what local assembly was he identifying with right there? Um, Perhaps the one in Jerusalem. I don't know, but where were they uh, at the time? Uh, No idea. Um, So, and I know there's probably, you know, Half a dozen ways that people can criticize everything I just said right there,
0: and and that's okay.
1: But um,
0: <laughs> you're, you're that's what for the the feedback is for. Reason yes. together podcast at gmail. Boy,
1: are we gonna hear it uh, <laughs> on this one? <laughs> but all that to say, you asked the question: What is the difference in what you're in, in what you're identifying with? Is that Yes, mm-hmm. when you're getting baptized. Right. Um, I, I mean. Did I phrase your question right?
0: I think so. Yeah. Okay. What are you identifying with when you get baptized versus when you join when you have a membership?
1: I mean, to, to give the short answer, you're identifying with Christ.
0: Okay. Yeah. To me there there's a difference. Um with baptism, you're saying to those present, I am one of you, mm-hmm. meaning I am a Christian. Yes. When you join the church, you're saying, I am one of you, meaning this local body. Yes, that's very succinctly and well put. So so baptism isn't necessarily to that body. Baptism is representing, I am a Christian. I intend to walk according to the way of Christ, right? I mean, yeah. that I, yeah. I have been saved. You, you answered that a whole lot clearly than I did. More clearly than they did. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> and, well, <laughs> that's fine. Hey. No problem. Congratulations. <laughs> <Slow clap.
1: laughs> you're,
0: you're my hero now. Um. <laughs> ah, go on. Yeah, we've got ten more minutes. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, I do, I do see a difference in those, as you were uh, talking about membership. I guess. Anyway. Yes,
1: that's talk. that's very well said. Um. Anyway, to get back off of this tangent and and back onto our. <laughs> our listeners question about what constitutes <laughs> yes. a church service there is another verse that I was going to mention along the the lines of music uh, in church and that is Colossians three sixteen. let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom uh, teaching and admonishing one another mm mm-hmm. uh, which you could almost stop right there as as being part of church but he specifies that teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Um, so there's, there's really a component here of being together in order to admonish and teach one another yeah. Uh, yeah. and to sing together. And, and, and I think, like, to balance this out, what we were saying earlier. Are you destroying a covenanted body if you're not in church on a given Sunday because you're traveling and maybe you stop somewhere and and you know it's Sunday morning and you're traveling you stop and you have a devotion with your family you know are are you are you breaking up a covenanted local assembly? no um, but are you quote unquote having church i I don't think I could say it that way
0: right, right yeah. I agree, yep, yep um i wouldn't yeah as far as like the you know destroying an assembly would be maybe a harsh you know strong language as far as are you destroying the assembly if you could be there and you're not um well at least you're absent you know from where you ought to be yeah <laughs> you know what i mean but um but however you choose to to word that i think you said it well uh you might you might be away in an, in extenuating circumstances often i think a good uh, principle that the Lord gave, and a terminology that we use is the ox is in the ditch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what I mean, there's some times where you, you got to do something. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's a good thought. Yeah, you know, it's just the way it just the way it is. And so your ox fell in the ditch. You you would, you would be there, but you can't be there. But are you having church while you're getting your ox out of the ditch? No, no. You know what I mean? Can you be can you be communing with the Lord? Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And you could be doing that every day. On your personal time. Yeah. But are you having church? Is that a substitute to, you know, salve your conscience to say, oh, I'm having church over here, so I don't need to have church over here. Well, you know, your local body is your local body. And and so if you're off by yourself or with a friend reading the Bible, no, that's not really having church. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and to be fair to Jake, he wasn't
1: trying to disprove the necessity for church in his no, question. No, you're just asking. He, he's asking an honest question here. He's not trying to look for sure. a way out of uh, the biblical teaching on, on church. But uh, it is a very good question, and a, and a it deep, is a good question deep thing to think about.
0: And I and I think to go to another facet of his question that we didn't cover. He said, "What about a men and boys camp out Monday through Friday, where we have a devotion each night?" did we miss midweek service well yeah you did but the question is is that wrong you know what i mean can i say you're wrong for going to a camp out and not driving back and going to your service wednesday night and yeah. you know or what about when when you send your kids to <clears throat> camp you know you send yeah. your youth to camp do you require them to come back on wednesday night or is that kind of is that asserting a, a method and a, and a tradition, in a sense, of our schedule over that activity. Anyway, there's, there's some, some things to think about there. I'm just saying, just because we, I, you say, do we miss a midweek service? Well, yeah, you missed a midweek service of your local church. Um, but the next following question is, is that wrong? And there could be, you know, some argument uh, for the fact that it's not. Others might disagree with me. Yeah, um, no,
1: I, I'm with you. I'm with you um there's one quote that i was looking for because do you think uh do you think it would be extreme to say the the phrase and this is the quote i'm trying to find here is that church should be your quote unquote excuse for missing other things um oh i can't seem to find that quote uh it was an article that i'd read recently where the writer was Posing the idea that church should be your excuse for saying no to other events, for saying no to other things.
0: Yeah, I kind of get it, and I say, okay, yeah, okay, that's fine. But I would go deeper with it than that. Ultimately, I don't really like the answer, because if it's just making— if church is just an excuse to not go to something else, it sounds more shallow. Well, I I don't
1: know that that's what he meant, but what what I mean is— Yeah, I don't think that is what they mean. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, I know that there were times growing up where— um, some of my relatives would have an event that they would schedule on a Sunday because they, sure. they weren't overly church-going people, at least regularly. And uh, my, my parents would decline. <clears throat> they would say no um, in, in many instances because we were going to be in church. So church, mm-hmm. in that sense, was the—and that's why the original writer of that article, if I ever find it, he put the word excuse in, <laughs> in quotes there, because he didn't mean mm-hmm. it necessarily that church should be brought low to the level of just an excuse. He was saying mm-hmm. church should be your mm-hmm. reason for saying no to other things.
0: Right. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that, too. You know? Because yeah, it, it's really kind of an extension, yeah, as you, of a Christian. I'm a Christian, I and I, every week I, I have this time that I meet with other believers, and I've— you know i'm a part of that I'm a part of that group, not just that i you know I'm a part of the lodge mm-hmm. but I'm a spiritually a part of this group and i there's a vested interest here and this is where i want to be and I want to hear the preaching and so you know you invite me to play a softball game, no, I'm not interested, yeah, you know, I'm a Christian yeah, <laughs> I go to church um <clears throat> and yeah that should be a that should be a good thing or a standard thing
1: yeah yeah and it's and it's fascinating to see and because everyone is is different in their 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 spiritual growth Mm -hmm. people are all at different stages of that and I know some people who would drive through the most horrific weather (laughs) to not miss church and 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 I I -hmm. think that's great uh you know Mm -hmm. I applaud that uh I would never demand that of someone (laughs) right right you know what I mean. Uh, Because what if something awful happened to them, you know?
0: Right, they freeze to death on the side of the road, yeah. But if someone
1: volunteers and says, you know what? I know the weather's bad. I'll just take it slow. I'll leave two hours early. I'm going to drive to church. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that's great. But is it fair for me to have that expectation? No. No. Because I think there Mm -mm. are some people that are in their stage of spiritual growth where maybe some things seem too critical to to go to church during you know and they say well oh, I, I can't go to church i have this and, mm-hmm. and someone maybe of of maybe deeper spiritual maturity would say to themselves yeah I, that's not a big deal <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying um, yeah yeah i can see it so it's like i think it, it's unfair to place our expectations uh of other people to have the same level of commitment that we would have if if we were in a more spiritually mature position. Does that make sense?
0: I think so, and that's that's a hard decision to come to because you know like uh, this is one that came to my mind as you're talking somebody says uh you know, well I can't come to church, you know my daughter's having a baby. Um well I personally would be like, man, you ought to be there with your daughter. You know, she's having a baby. This is a once in a lifetime, at least <laughs> yeah. a few times in a lifetime thing. Right. And uh, so, I mean, if it if it's your daughter, you know, I feel like yeah, you ought to be there. But now a year later, they're going to be like, oh, we can't come to church because we're having little Timmy's birthday party. He's turning one. Mm, different thing. I'd be like, I'd be like, skip the birthday party, man. Come to church. That'd be me personally. Yeah. But you're saying that I can't just easily impose my my preference on that. I might say, well, no, I would be there.
1: Yeah. Uh, but What's that's, your take on that's that that's your level of commitment because uh, you've you've come to a different place in your spiritual life where you see the importance of church in a different way maybe than some people would if they were uh, somewhere behind you in their their walk with the Lord. So to place the expectation on them of your own behavior uh, is is challenging and it's like you want them to have the same level of commitment but yeah. but maybe they don't I, yet.
0: And I think the balance is, and here's where maybe guys uh, could tend to get it wrong: is you still, I, I would still preach on faithfulness and even give an example. You know, for mm-hmm. instance, our pastor says, you know, if I if I if I turn on the light switch, you know, I'm not happy if it comes on 80 mm-hmm. percent of the time. I've used that example. It's not faith. I've, I've yeah, yeah. If is. I go out to start, if I go out to start my car and it only starts three out of four times, I don't go. Well, you know, it's you know, it's faithful. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I mean, like, there's something wrong with this car. <laughs> and yet if we if we show up, you know, one out of three services in a week and we consider ourselves faithful, we go, wait, wait a minute, you know? Um so I mean I think there is something certainly to consider there, but preaching preaching the principle of faithfulness and you know, your the one and the obligations you have to one another and then letting the Holy Spirit take those principles, but not necessarily mandating a standard necessarily to say, I would do and at least from the perspective of what I would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, I'm not preaching what I would do, I'm preaching as close as possible what the Scripture teaches, what the Scripture is admonishing people to do. Yeah. You know, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So if you're, if you're in a physical condition, you can't drive at night, nobody can pick you up, or, you know, you're, you're elderly and you go to bed at 7.30 at night, whatever, okay. Okay. Um, I understand that, but on the other, but everybody's got to kind of weigh through those things. Am I neglecting the assembling of ourselves? Yeah. Is there is there an ability to go, and I choose not to?
1: Yeah, that's that's forsaking. Yep. Yeah, and there's a real practical ramifications of this as well. I, I know that, um, and you've probably seen this before too, where where you know, a family is uh, very faithful for a long time, and then and then they become less faithful. And, you know, Mm. uh, decades go by and their kids are grown and they wonder why their kids want nothing to do with church. And part of me has to wonder, well, you know, maybe it had something to do with you skipping church to go to their birthday parties with their friends. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, maybe Mm -hmm. you sent the message. This isn't really as important um, as a birthday party. And and. To me, I wonder if if that's uh, you know that's maybe to be expected because you know they say what one generation mm-hmm, does mm-hmm. in in moderation, the next will do in excess, and right. and, and right. you kind of see different tendencies in families where church is their reason for saying no to other things. Oftentimes, there's uh, maybe a much greater rate of sticking.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, their kids maybe a lot of times stick with it more because that was the precedent they were taught uh, themselves. Right.
0: Not just by what was said, but by what was done. This is just a habit of our home. This is what we do. It's important yes. to us. It's who we are. Um, but when it just becomes another activity that has to be, you know, ranked on the on the totem pole. Ah, no, this is too much. Ah, I don't feel like it. Oh well, we're you know doing this. Oh well, yeah. you know, then then it's kind of a yeah, it's a it's a negotiable. Then it becomes a negotiable. Um yeah well wow. something I want to discuss and we're going to have to take into the after show is though uh, a perspective maybe a pastoral perspective or something that people ought to consider in their faithfulness to church on times when they feel like eh, I don't really feel like being there or you know I've I've gone a couple times um you know I'm people know I'm there people know I'm a part of the church but I just don't want to be that regular I've got maybe some another thought for him but we're going to take that to the after show Um,
1: Yes, which you can be part of the After Show if you go over to patreon.com slash reason together and sign up as an elite patron. You would be joining people like Kathy and Derek and Jake and Justin and Nettie. Uh, as an elite member. And uh, you'd get to listen to the after show just like they do. Uh, We'd encourage you to do that uh, if you can. Uh, Anyway, thank you for joining us on this episode. Be sure to be faithful to your local church uh, as uh, soon as you can. And uh, we will talk to you on the next one. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective, and connecting faith to practice. This is Reason Together.